Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe? You know how it is, man. She got me up super early, like super, super early. I'm not playing. It's not really that early, but it's early enough for me to feel like I'm dead. I'm sorry. It's a little early. Don't be sorry, man. Again, your father of the year, so you're going to run around with your family. And I'm taking it. (laughs) But this, this week, basically today, yesterday, March 29th, was our one year of the Sports Frenzy podcast. That it was. Yes. One year since we started. We have news on a giveaway. We're going to be giving away one of these sweet SFP shirts. Um, I'll be posting later on today. You guys can check it out on the Instagram page, but I'll give you guys a little sneak peek. Subscribe to the YouTube channel right down here in the right-hand side. Um, Like the Facebook post, or the Instagram post, sorry, not Facebook. Tag two friends in it. And you must be, you must do all three to be qualified for the T-shirt giveaway. Look at we, you! We will announce the winner next week on the Frenzy episode, so stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll even get Joey to to rock his SFP shirt. Yo, bro, listen, I'm not Pull even gonna lie. Listen, all right, hear me out, right? So you know, I bought that before I went on my Mexico trip, right? Mm-hmm. I did wear it during the tournaments. You did see that. I brought I brought back evidence, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm trying to blame. <laughs> Hear me out. I ain't trying to blame the people that worked at that airport, but they look they look a little sketch, right? <laughs> so so your shirt is now missing, is what you're saying? I don't know. See, missing's very strong. Missing indicates it won't be probably won't be found. I like to say I misplace things. Got you. So, so we may have I, to. To place an order with our one of our great sponsors who does our t-shirts, making custom designs for you to have your shirt. Yeah, but I want you to spin it in a positive. Like, I loved it so much that I want to. You want to. Gotcha. I want to. Maybe we'll we'll even come but up with, we'll I, come up with something on the draft night. Maybe. Nah, but you know, you know I'm going to have some Eagle stuff too, yeah, though, right? That's right. Like, You're going to have to have your Eagle stuff on. I got a whole bunch of you, man. I'm gonna say, you see that bear cave? It's gonna look completely different. I got flags. I'm gonna be hanging up. <laughs> you think I'm? You think I'm joking? Bring it on, man. Um, UFC this week. We had, we got a fight tonight. Gaethje versus Barbosa is the main event, and then you got Michelle the Karate Hottie, Watershed. <laughs> Sorry, I still laugh every time. Versus Carolina. Kwawazaski? Listen, you know me. If it's more than five letters, I can't pronounce it. So, I'm Ron Burgundy is how I feel pronouncing that name. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm dude. not even sure how to pronounce it. Your guess is as good as mine, man. Uh, in that fight, I'm going to have to take Michelle Watterson. I'm not sure if you got to catch the 30 for 30, or not 30 for 30, but like uh, those E60s that they do on Sunday mornings. Nah, I've caught I've caught quite a few of them. Um, if not, I probably can you get those on the ESPN app? I believe so. ESPN Plus. Shout out yeah. to them. 
Nah, they don't pay us. No shout outs <laughs> to nobody. Nope. But um, they did a really cool little 15 minute segment on her and her daughter and family. And it was, it was very interesting. She was one of the See, first that's what, UFC that's good... fighters to be a mom. Yeah. And they do a good job to... of that. Yeah. Like when they, cool. when they watch a fight, especially like HBO when they do the boxing mm-hmm. and they give you like the backstory on whoever's going to be fighting next. Yeah. Then you look at it, they, they become almost humanized, you know, you don't look at them as just athletes beating the crap out of each other for whatever, 10, 12 rounds. You start, you know, developing a rooting interest. So I think they do a good job with that, man. So I probably will catch it, try and catch it before the fight starts tonight. Yeah. And then we got Gaethje and Barbosa. Barbosa to me, he seems like he's like the gatekeeper, if that makes sense, to the top, like to the top five and to the title. Like you got to get by him to get in there. Yeah, I feel like every division has that guy, right? He's not good enough to be considered a uh, a contender for the belt, but everyone makes a name by beating him. He's like the launching pad. Yep, you got to get by him to get in to that special club. That must suck. Yeah, that, that's got to suck. You're not allowed in our club. <laughs> if you beat them, they, if they well, beat you, then they can You're the, walk you're the doorman. Yeah, yeah. And then we got some big news for the July 6th card. That's always UFC's, one of their huge events. That's International Fight Week, as they call it. The main event on that card is going to be John Jones and Tiago Santos. Then we got yep. Amanda Nunes. Versus Holly mm. Holmes, part two. Then we got Masvidal and Askren that got announced this week. Yeah, that card's looking, shaping up to be pretty good. And then we got uh, heavy hitters, Junior Dos Santos versus Francis Ngannou. Oh, man. Yo, it's Francis hits you, you insane. go to sleep, bro. Yep. It's going to be crazy. The one I want to see is I want to see Masvidal and Askren. They've been going back and forth on Instagram and Twitter and calling each other out. That's going to be interesting. Yo, like, I, I would love to know how much of that stuff is actually real in regards to, like, the beefs that they create. Like, you know, some of these people, they got good marketing, you know, teams behind them. And, and that, just to drum up interest, they must, some of them probably talking all that, all that crap to each other. And then people don't know, but they having lunch the day after together yeah. laughing. Well, didn't they say that with McGregor and Mayweather? Like, they were talking mad crap to each other, but then they're yeah, flying but... together over to, like, Ireland or England, wherever they were having the press conferences and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, anytime, listen, McGregor wouldn't have gotten that payday without Floyd. You know I can't stand Floyd Mayweather, but let's mm-hmm. let's be honest here. He He's money Mayweather for a reason. Yeah. McGregor wasn't making that, you know, a hundred times over in the UFC. Yeah. Speaking of McGregor, I'm retired yet not retired. I'm retired. Man. I ain't retired, man. My thing, I I brought this up what two weeks ago now on our wrestling podcast. I think he's gonna show up at WrestleMania, New York City. There's a big female fight. She's an uh, she's an Irish fighter. Oh Becky boy. Lynch. And they had gone back and forth on Twitter, like, you know, saying, I got your back, whatever. Then Ronda Rousey brought in her husband into the UFC, into WWE. And my 
my angle, the way I looked at it was, why are they going to bring this dude in if they're not going to bring somebody else to back this chick up? So, is, is WWE going to be like the retirement home for UFC fighters? Is that what we're, that what we're going towards? I would not be surprised. They used to do it back in the day with Ken Shamrock yeah. and Dan Severn. And I did see Cain okay. Velasquez just signed for, um, was it AAA in Mexico, which is their, like, WWE. He just signed to be a pro wrestler down there. So, there is a, a lot of time, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really blame McGregor for, uh, I don't know, semi-retiring. Like, you could love to do something, but you got to realize fighting like that, with as brutal of a sport as that is, dude, you don't have a long. I mean, there are fighters that prolong their careers and fight for it seems like forever, but it, in the long run. You can't be putting your body through something that vigorous. You know what I'm saying? Like they go, they're going to war every every day, basically, because they're also doing this in the gym, like the stuff we don't see. Yeah, the we sparring, the, the, yeah. the cutting weight. Uh, I know a lot of those fighters; they completely move away from their family because they got to get zoned in. Yeah. Um, and he has a he has a kid now. Uh, and when I you mean, got that amount of money coming in. Are you really that motivated like you were before? I mean, you people are going to say if you love the sport, but that that's just from strictly from a fan's perspective, right? Like fans could sit there on the couch and watch it and say, "Man, I love this sport." But again, they don't know that daily grind. You know, they don't they don't know what it's like to feel like you got to wake up feeling like you got into a car accident. You know Waking what a fucking up at 5 a.m. to go on a 5-mile run. To start getting your your cardio, yeah, in, like you know? like they, they people will be like, oh, but you only you only fight three times a year, yeah, Dingleberry, but you gotta freaking get ready for those fights and those camps take are grueling, take forever. If you watch any type of documentary on like what they have to go through, and most of them do not fight anywhere near their walking weight, yeah, as you know, um, and so to me, man, it's, it's the fight game's no joke, bro. I give I give. Crazy respect to anybody that's willing to put their body through um, through all of that. Yeah, man. I agree with you. But let's move on. MLB. The season started Thursday. Well, it really started, what, last week? They had that. Uh, those they had a game in China, right? Yeah. Japan. It's the same. It's whoa, 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 whoa. You crossing whoa, that, bro. Don't you do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't you do that. They're going to they gonna send somebody after you. I listen. Well, for all those out there, I did not say that. That was Freddie. <laughs> I can give you, if you hit me up, follow me on Instagram or follow this YouTube page. I will give you his address and you guys can handle that. <laughs> it was Japan, wasn't it? Uh, now I don't even feel comfortable talking about this situation. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Oh, we had that game, but the official start here Thursday everything started popping off Yankee started uh one game popping off popping off Luke Voigt sending stuff into uh deep center my man got Popeye forearms did you see yo he took that ball I think it was like right here bro yeah. that ball yeah. hit him and he was just like ah put the bat down I would have been in the fetal position <laughs> like thumb in mouth hole nine you would have needed to cart me off he was just like 
Oh. He put some dirt on it. We're good. Like, it's crazy because he's in a competition with, I mean, no, I know not right now because of all the injuries, but yeah. him and Bird, eventually, they're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. I mean, God willing, because that means everyone came back healthy, you know, with Hicks and, and Didi and, and all of them. But um, he's he had a, a monster first day. Uh, I think Bird went, he had, he went like one, he hit a home run. Yeah, it he was, went one was for, on one in the for game. four. Yeah, I think he went one for yeah. four. With an error as well. He had an error. Yeah, error. he went one for four. And like, as much as I want to give him credit for being able to get a home run in the first game, uh, Voits was definitely more impactful. You know, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. The season just got kicked off. Um, Judge and Stanton did something that they never do, which is actually, you know, well, Judge does it more than Stanton. Yeah. But they, they actually hit a ball in play just to get on base. And Judge, they coming into the season, Michael Kay and Judge sat down, and Judge actually said, he's like, listen, I've realized, which is, it, it always boggles my mind, because, like, we all see him as, like, some mythological creature. Like, it's, like, the sea monster, the yetis, and then, like, Judge. Like, release the Kraken. Yeah, exactly, right? And he's on the team, too. But he, he <laughs> sat with Michael Kay, and he was like, listen, with two strikes, like, I'm going to kind of shorten my stride. Like, I'm not going to look to pull the ball as much. And everyone's looking at him like, dude, you don't got to pull the ball at all. Just hit the ball in any direction with as big and strong as you are and the way that the ball can fly out of Yankee Stadium. He's going he's gonna to get a whole bunch of home runs without, without having to pull it. And you saw his batting average increase last year. I think he's going to become even more dangerous now because I think they had a shift where basically every infielder minus the first baseman was on – the other side of the field. Yeah. So all you got it, you got you can bunt it in that direction, and you're gonna get a base hit. Basically. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. So then we had we had that we had, you know, Harper make his debut in Philly. We had Machado make his debut out in San Diego. Trout. Um, he had his first game out in Anaheim. I don't know if you saw that giant raspberry. The size of, you know, probably a notepad on his shin. Nah, sliding into second base, it was insane, man. It was huge. Probably, probably about this big. You guys who are listening in can't see it, but it, it's probably the size of a, a small notepad. He slid in, got it. His next at bat comes up. He's got it covered up under his sock. Slides right on the same thing. So you see him take it off and just wiping the dirt out of it. Damn, that's gonna hurt later. Yeah, bro. That that's no fun. no bueno. But you know what? What was his contract that he yeah, just signed four, for? Four thirty. Four thirty. Bro, I don't hear it. He'll be alright. Yeah, he'll he be just worried. fine. Yep, he ain't worried. All right, and then NBA seven games left in the season. This is like the dog days of summer. Because it's just like it's never ending to get us into the playoff push. But we have the MVP race. It seems now that it's just a two-dog race. It's been kind of that for about a month. But these two have separated themselves. We got Giannis. Say his last name. Antetokounmpo. Oh. You just combined him and Dikembe Mutombo. But okay, continue. (laughs) We got 
these two guys separating themselves. Best record in the East, points, all that stuff. Who do you have taken it? If I had a pick, and it doesn't mean I enjoy watching the brand of basketball that he puts out on the floor, not taking a shot. I'm just saying that, it, you know, it's not the most enjoyable. Uh, I'm picking James Harden. You you know that I, I've said that. I've been saying that for, you know, at least three quarters of the season. Right. And for me, it's – I've heard a lot of people say, nah, it has to be Giannis. I mean – look at his supporting cast versus James Harden. And yes, while on paper you might have a point, you also have to take into consideration the injuries that the Rockets have had to deal with, right? I mean, Chris Paul's missed significant time. Clint Capella's missed significant time. Uh, there was, you know, there was a stretch there where he was averaging, you know, 30, what, 40-something points a game, 37 points a game. And he was basically doing it. Yeah, he was basically doing it by himself, right? In the West... And if you look at the record when it, when all these injuries started happening, they were below 500 with a, with a decent sample size. And then he realized, all right, I got to take it up a notch, you know. So for all those people that are saying, um, you know, whatever, he was playing greedy. He was he was that that's something he had to do. Right. He, he had to take over to keep his team afloat. And in the Western Conference, I give that way more credit than for someone like Giannis with no disrespect to him with an Eastern conference that isn't, hasn't been all it's supposed to be. Like everyone coming into the year said Boston was going to be a juggernaut team. That's not the case. I mean, can they turn it on in the playoffs? I guess, but you see that there's been a lot of turmoil, whether it's Kyrie with the younger players, you know, them not being sure at one minute he's going to be there if they'll have him. And the next minute he's like, nah, ask me on the first after the season's over. Yeah. Um, so they haven't been what they were supposed to be. I know the Sixers look good, but again, they didn't have that team until after All-Star break. Right. right. So there's a lot of teams in the East that uh, that the Milwaukee Bucks are just better than. And I honestly don't think that his supporting cast gets enough credit. Chris Middleton, do I think he's a perennial All-Star player? No. He made the All-Star team. Great. You know, it's like that year where the Atlanta Hawks had like four players. You know, like Cor- like I get it. He the best record in the East. You know, they want to show more than just Giannis and Love, so they got him in there. But I think they have a lot of players that are just Brooke Lopez is playing out of his mind, dude. Yeah. Like he is, he's Brooke Curry. Like he's out there just look at his percentages from three, dude. Yeah. He is pulling, and they're not like oh shoot, two seconds left on the shot clock. My man is on the trail. You know what I'm saying? On the trail, they're running a fast break, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm open. Hmm. <laughs> you hoist it up, bro. Yeah. Um, and then another dude I think on that team that gets no love, but he's one of my favorite players to watch is Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that even LeBron called him baby LeBron, right? The guy is an absolute – he's an athletic freak. Just look at – he's put – bro, he, he's got probably the biggest arms in the NBA. My man is – my man is Jack. Diesel, yeah. He, 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 he's – probably pound for pound the strongest player in the NBA. And he plays like it. Like, when he drives into the lane, yes, he's athletic. But you see him, he doesn't extend his arm, but he gives, like, a nice little nudge as he's mm-hmm. going through the lane, and bodies move. And I'm not just talking point guards. Like, he's like, mm, take that power forward, take that center, and then he, he'll lay him up. There was a game I was watching last week where he had 18 straight points for the Bucks. So I don't think, com- combined with the fact that he has a, a better supporting cast than advertised and he's in the East, I know Giannis has the best record, and a lot of people want to say, hey, listen, we look at the best. They're lazy. They look at the best team, 
mm-hmm. with the best record. They take the best player, and they want to award him the MVP. I just think that the total package that James Harden's been able to put out there this year, whether you like his game or not, just look at the numbers he's putting up, and, and they are resulting in wins. And I think going into the postseason, they're a legitimate threat to Golden State in a seven-game series. So I'm going to go with Giannis, just to be contrary. Um, I'm about to say, dude, I laid out a good case. You did. You d- you laid out a very good case for Harden, but I I also look at defensive percentage, like what you're putting up against guys in your Joseph in the first row. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> to that point, if you look, this is gonna blow your mind, right? But if you look at the numbers for the Houston Rockets on defense, mm-hmm. they're actually at. After the All-Star breaks, our num- after the All-Star breaks, I just pluralized that, whoops. Yeah. After the All-Star break, that um, they are actually leading in a lot of defensive categories, the Rockets. And not just the Rockets. Go look at, at deflections in the NBA and steals in the NBA, and you'll be surprised to see that James Harden's actually on that list. Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up for everybody at home. Bro, right. don't even pull it up. I got this. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Giannis. Um, I just think he's more of an all-around player than just strictly offensive like Harden is. Bro, I just told you Harden's playing D. He's locking up. He's locking up. Giannis, did you see? Is he though? <coughs> did you see? Did you see the Bucks play the Rockets the other day? That's actually who he was doing it to, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Yo, Giannis was sitting there trying to post James Harden up. He was like, nah, play. You're going to stay right out here. <laughs> You're going to chill because we all know that you can't shoot outside of 15 feet. Yeah. That's why I think that I'm very curious to see how the Bucks play in the playoffs. I mean, Giannis is, is Giannis, right? He's going to – he dunks plays that I think he's going to lay up all the time. Like, I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like, oh, that's a cool spin move. We're about to lay it up for two. And then he somehow – he does like the Space, yeah. space Jam Michael Jordan joint where he dunks it last minute. And I'm like, dude, my mind can't even wrap my head around what he just did. But I think in, in the playoffs when you have a, uh, a seven-game series with a team that's able to prepare for you, right. I'm curious to see – someone's got to hit outside perimeter jump shots for them. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be interesting to see how – how they make it through the playoffs. Can they make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yo, in a seven-game series, I'm, I would go with the Raptors over them. Yeah. I'd even go with Philly over them. I feel like Philly's Philly's depth may be a little bit more all around. I, I mean, I think on paper, Philly got the best five in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. It, it's just a matter of them being able to, you know, put all their egos aside and – uh work together make sure yeah make sure mb gets his paint touches and work from there yeah and then we had we had two jersey retirements this week we had chris bosh getting his number retired down there for your miami heat yep and then we also had manu ginobili getting his his number retired over in san antonio i did enjoy watching the you know the little video packages and seeing the older players come back and you know, say their piece. It was very cool. Um, a little sad at the same time to see people you grew up watching. For real, know, man. Getting their numbers retired. It's like the original Euro yeah. step, right? Yeah. Nobody I knew what a year. When Ginobili got 
you know, drafted into the league. And I'm like, damn, he's retiring already? Like, damn. Already. Then you look and you're like, what? 13 yeah. years? Yo, my man getting old. Yeah, man. But those were, those were some interesting notes. A little bit of sad news there. You saw the you saw the gift the Spurs uh, gave Wade. No, what what did they give Wade? They gave him, if I'm not mistaken, I know it was three jerseys, and mm-hmm. I'm like ninety nine percent sure it was uh, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker signed jerseys, which I thought was like a cool like you know our legends and they had some battles, um, you know our legends saying saying bye to to Wade. I thought it was a cool moment. That's very cool. That's very Tim Duncan looking like like he's like fresh he, out of college with his haircut. I don't know if you've seen that. Somebody's midlife going through crisis, a little bit bro. midlife crisis word. But um, NCAA, we are now officially in the Elite Eight. It starts this afternoon. Our resident college basketball writer here that we have, Joseph. You want to break it down for us, man? Listen, I don't know what juju that Coach Krzyzewski's doing when he gets back to these hotel rooms. But to win two games the way they beat UCF and Virginia Tech, bro, layups. I've never seen that before in any capacity. Two straight games in a tournament setting like that, and they're layups that just don't go in. And side note, the dude on Virginia Tech. Sage around the rims. Pre-game or what are you Virginia Tech, you you watched it, right? So the guy Virginia Tech, yeah. I kept thinking he was ASAP Rocky when I would when I would flip the channels. (laughs) I can see it a little bit. All right, a little bit. Yo, and he was balling the first half. He hit like three or four threes. So I thought they were going down, dude. I really did. When I saw Cam Reddish out too. That's another thing you're gonna have to pay attention to. You know, I'm not the biggest Cam Reddish fan, but he is. He is the only player that can consistently. I know they have that other kid, Alex O'Connell. I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He he can hit threes. Um, but Cam Reddish is the one player on their team where you have to consistently make sure you know where he is and you can't lose him on the arc. So if Cam Reddish is unable to go um, for the rest of the tournament, that's something that's going to really damage Duke and what they're going to be able to do. Uh, I watched Michigan State put on a clinic yesterday. Yeah, yeah Michigan State put on a clinic. Uh, I know Kentucky's game was super close. Um, and then you got Gonzaga also advancing. So I think it's setting up it's setting up to be a good Elite Eight slash Final Four, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody says they want upsets. But do you really? Like, you want upsets like... You want upsets in like the first couple rounds of teams that aren't. Maybe you want one heavyweight to go down, right? Yeah. But you can't tell me anybody's gonna get excited for. I don't know. We'll say, Houston, Virginia Tech in the final, and that's not a. I'm not taking shots at those two programs. Obviously, they have really good years, but the point is, is you. As much as I did, I didn't pick Duke in my bracket because everyone, like yourself, picked them to win it. <clears throat> um, you want to see at the end. You want to see, you know, the two teams that that are quote unquote the best in the game match up. I mean, North Carolina lost. Yeah. So I had them going 
to the championship game against Duke in my bracket. Yeah. So that, that side got a little busted. A lot of people did, right? So um, Auburn came out, and Auburn looks like the real deal. Their backcourt is amazing, and they shoot the three ball. But they had a huge injury last night. They did. And okay. Okay. I felt really bad for the I kid. I believe his name. Yeah, he, he was, I think he had 20 and 11 before yeah. he got injured. Um, so I'm hoping that it was, uh, like, you know, more more a scare than anything else. Yeah. You know, maybe it's he has maybe an it's MRI a, today, so I doubt he'll be able to play against Kentucky. Yeah, but, I think it's a wrap. I hate to say that, but I've seen that, that that's happened to me too. And it, let me tell you something, it's painful. It's super scary because you can't move your knee. And uh, you can't put any pressure on it. Um, so hopefully the kid can come back. If not, that's going to be a major blow to them. Uh, I know they have somewhat of a deep roster, though, deep rotation. So we'll see if they'll be able to play through it. I just don't want to see uh, Kentucky make it to the Final Four because we've got some coworkers that won't let us hear the end of it come Monday morning. Yeah, that was an, that was, like I said, that was another close game. Um, yeah, I think it was a two-point game. No, I think they won by like 10. Did they? Felt like a two-point game. I don't know. I was sleeping, to be honest with you. I watched it this morning. Uh, four point, 58-62. See? Two is closer than 10. I don't know what she was at. Yeah. I guess so. Um, our bread and butter, Joe. What we love. What we ride or die with. NFL. Never an off season, as we always yeah. say. 365, 24-7, IV bag. Yeah. The biggest news this week coming out of the NFL was the big man, number 87, up in Foxborough, retiring. Yeah. I know you, you've got some people close to you a little sad about that news. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of all black being worn. <laughs> in mourning. Yeah. Yeah. In mourning of, uh, in mourning of this recent news, uh, I think it's interesting that his agent, you know, power agent, Drew Rosenhaus, I feel like he represents like 90. Yo, he banking it, bro. He yeah. represents everybody. Yeah. I ran right. into him at the at the Canes game. Canes versus uh, Wisconsin at Yankee Stadium. You saw him there? Yeah, he was, uh, what, probably like second row in my section. Yeah, he's uh, picking him out early. Yeah, like, I want him. I'm going to represent him. He was on the he Miami looked- side, so that may tell you a little something, something right there. So, Gronk retires, and as much as people – is it a big deal? Yes. But if you watched last year, and I'm talking about as a total package, right, Gronk's not Gronk anymore. No. Does that, that still doesn't mean that he's, ama- he's still an amazing player because he's probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL along with everything else he does, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is he was no longer that – person that could just take over games right mm-hmm. but the two biggest catches in the playoffs for the patriots to get to the super bowl went right to grunk you know and to win the super bowl as well yeah so so he's capable of still making the big play but i think he knows and he felt that all right you know, I want to go out on top, right? I don't want to have one of those years where I look like an average tight end or yeah. or not the best tight end in the NFL. And I think he's at that point now where, where, I mean, he looks like Iron Man when he goes out there. He's got braces 
in places I've never even seen. You know what I'm saying? So the dude puts his body through a lot. He never go. You've never seen him go out of bounds or go down early. Yeah. He's yeah, constantly running through people. Yeah. He's like that big third grader playing with the kindergartners flag football and just mushing people out the way. Sure. So he take he takes a lot of wear and tear on his body. But I will say, after a couple of months, he's sitting down, watching them on TV. Body says, "Hey, could him better." Could have made that play. Oh, snap, my arm full full range of motion now. And Tom Brady hits him up and goes, yo, man, let's go with this playoff run. <laughs> I need some help. You know, Tom Brady about to go over there with Bill Belichick, a.k.a. Yoda. They're going to wave their hand like this in front of his face. He will play in the playoffs. And he's going to suit up and play, man. I think it was interesting that Rosenhaus came out and said, you know, he might. there's a possibility he might come back. I don't think he I, drops that nugget. I think it's a huge loss for them. Like that's oh, that without a doubt, me, that's Brady's security blanket. When he needs a big play and he needs something to happen, he's going Gronk. Whether he's double, triple covered down the field, he's gonna he's gonna come down with that rock. Well, this is to your point. This is the first sign of the evil empire. You know, I know that's the Yankees' slogan, but for football, let's call it what it is. A lot of people don't like them because they win a lot, right? This is, to me, the first sign, you know, that they're coming to the end of what's been probably, if not one of the greatest runs in the NFL as far as from team success. But I think there's really only three people in that whole organization that they – not couldn't live without, but it would be extremely hard for them. And Gronk's one of them, right? It's Gronk, Brady, and Belichick. Give them anything else you want, and they'll, Belichick's a mad genius. He'll make it work. But I do think the loss of Gronk is, is the first sign that, okay, eventually, you know, this, this train's going to stop, and we're going to need to uh, figure out what we're going to do afterwards. Yeah. Would not be surprised to see them pick up one of the top tight ends. This well, there they already tra- uh, changed one of their mock drafts um, as far as they had – what the hell did they have? The- they had the Patriots taking some linemen, um, and then as soon as he retired, they had them taking uh, Irv Smith from Alabama, the tight end. So I could definitely see them reaching in for uh, for tight end early. Yeah. And you know the Patriots with all those picks, they could always move up and grab somebody if they feel like they're going to fall off the board. Yeah, they do a good job of maneuvering the draft, right? I feel like every couple years you see the Patriots trade down. I feel like a lot of the times, right? Like yeah. they trade down, gain an extra second, and then they do it again two years later. And before you know it, like four, four or five years down the line, they got like 17 second round picks. Yeah, and you're like, like dude, <laughs> how do they how have 10, the like box? seven of yeah. the top 55 selections? Yeah. That's true, man. Um, the AAF. The American Football Alliance is in perils. Like, they may fold if they don't get support from the Players' Union. I, I, I didn't think this was going to be the league that really survived. I think the one that has a good chance is going to be the XFL coming out next year. This one seemed a little rushed to me. Like, oh, okay, we're all of a sudden going to make teams and we're going to make this happen. 
but they're having some issues. I think the right. NFL can can make it happen next year. They may be able to survive a little bit more than their first run. So I think my, my major problem with the A AFL, right? Yeah, AAF. Oh, there's an extra A in there, whatever. Triple A. Um, so my biggest my biggest issue with this league, right, is they're trying to be, and they've come out and said it. They kind of want to be like the G League is for the NBA, yeah. right? First of all, if you're if that's your main sticking point, and you don't already have backing from the NFLPA before your league kicks off, that makes no sense to me. You're doomed. Yep. So their whole philosophy, I guess, was to prove to them the NFL that they could make a successful league and then be like yo y'all want in yeah right the nfl is not going to operate like that you should have tried to get them on board before this league even kicked off yeah. you know what i'm saying because the nfl is not dumb they know they're like listen they want to prove themselves to us fine well we don't have to give them any money any backing any time and if they do create players for us cool if not it's no skin we got no skin in the game yeah I think my other big problem with, with them creating this league, okay, so the G League, there's a lot of basketball players that come out early from college, right? Mm-hmm. Or don't go to college, playing overseas, they play one year of overseas, and then they join the NBA. They're still kids. Yep. For college football, it's a minimum three years. Three years, yes, sir. So they don't need a developmental league. They just don't, yeah. right? Because they're getting close to as finished product out of college as they're going to get anywhere else. Whereas in the NBA, you're still getting a kid a year removed, right? So you still have that two-year window, minimum two-year window, where you can then allow them to develop and then move on to their NBA affiliate team. Again, the NFL doesn't need that. College is doing it for them, getting these players ready. You know? How many players do... In the NBA, right, after the first 10 picks, in a loaded draft, after the first 10 picks, you're getting players in the first round that you hope can contribute either now or you can stash overseas. In the NFL, that's not how it works. Yeah, everybody's starting. Every, bro, yeah, if, in the first round, you're, you're drafting starters. The second round, you're drafting starters. The third round, you're drafting starters. Yeah. It isn't until you hit – dude, even in the fifth round, you can get some really good value. Right, But I want to say the fifth round is the first round where you're like, okay, I'm drafting this guy and hopefully he can develop into a starter. But even then, he's still a solid backup. So I just feel like they tried to create a niche for themselves, and I I give them credit for doing it, that really wasn't needed or there in the first place to create. I feel like the – to your point, I feel like the if the XFL does it correctly – from what they're talking and the way they want to do things, they may be, they may kind of wash out some of these smaller D1 schools and become that kind of like developmental, but still have players that can go. If that makes sense. You know, I feel like they, they may be the one because they, they've been through this already, right? They did this a few years back, early 2000s. Vince McMahon had his XFL one-year thing, like the AAF or whatever it is. It was a while ago. Yeah. So now he's taking it more seriously. 
He already knows how he failed the first time. And as a wrestling fan, I've never seen Vince fail on a big venture more than once. And not to mention, they're not going to have to worry about funding. This guy, this, he's got this, money out the wazoo. Yeah, so. this guy's loaded. So the there's one, no, he's the one funding the whole thing. So exactly. So it's not like he's, and you know, money follows money. The dude's got friends that have deep pockets too. So one of his good friends is sitting at uh, in a big white house in in Washington D.C. So. Uh, does he deserve that chair? <laughs> That's, that a con- that's a conversation for a different podcast. Yeah, we'll leave that up for debate. But Then, your Eagles, man. Yes. Big move this week. Broken to you by, you know, yours truly. Okay. I'll give you credit. You know, I was, I was you know, lackadaisical watching some TV and you hit me up. You're right. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Howard to the Eagles. Yeah, man. That's a big pickup for you guys. You guys didn't really have a stud running back. Yeah. Or a healthy stud running back going in. So that's a uh, that's a big plus for you guys. So your offense is basically set going into this season. It's just the defensive side of the ball where you guys are going to be looking for some help in the draft. Yeah, but I think it, it allows us to do basically whatever we want in the draft, right? We're not going to have to go reach for a position of – quote-unquote need right. um, I still think there's some there's some holes that need to be fixed I'm dying for them to go heavy offensive line because mm-hmm. on paper it does look like we have a solid offensive line you know Jason Kels and, and the boys holding it down but Jason Peters Jason Peters ain't getting any younger he's missed a lot of time last year you know and, and the year before that when uh when they did win the Super Bowl he wasn't playing in it um uh, I don't know how much I trust Big V. Uh, I know Isaac Samalu at guard started playing better, but he got off to a rough start, and people fail to realize that Brandon Brooks is not going to be ready at the beginning of the season. Right. Our guard, you know, he, he tore his Achilles, and uh, that injury is tough to come back from, so I don't know what he's going to look like this year. And teams have shown it time and time again. You can have all the shiny toys, right? Like, it's cool to have two two top tight ends in Goddard and Ertz, you know, receivers galore with, you know, you got Jeffries, you got Deshaun Jackson, you got Nelson Aguilar, you know, you got Matt Collins, who his rookie year looked like he was going to be a good wide receiver, couldn't stay healthy last year. Right. Um, but Wentz needs, to, Wentz needs time. You know, you don't want him running around for his life. He's got to show us that he can stay healthy. As much as I love the way he plays the game, mm. he needs to stay healthy. You can't keep getting injured. You don't have foals in the back now you know, to, to lean upon, yeah. which is why when I saw some people, you know, a lot of the experts thought it was a good move, but there was people that I was reading that were like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. Don't get it twisted. Howard might not be, you know, a home run hitter, but he, since his rookie season, he's had the third most rushing yards in the NFL behind uh, Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott, right? Yeah. So you're getting somebody. That, yards, 3,500, yeah. something like that. So you're getting somebody that has to – um that, that the defense is going to have to respect. And this doesn't take them out of the running for drafting another running back. Yeah. You know, somewhere in the draft, more of a home run hitter if, if Sproles doesn't come back. And even if he does, you know, he's another one that's getting old and they're going to have to find a replacement for him. Um, and we gave up a sixth-round pick for him, which if 
you know, it is a one-year rental and he signs a big contract somewhere else, we're probably going to get, you know, a compensatory pick the following year. So what did we really give up for a back that's, you know, I think he came no no more than 20 yards off of rushing for another 1,000-yard season. Yeah. And that's sharing a lot of the time with Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, it gets cold up in Philly. So playoff game when you're going to need to run the rock, you know, 15, 20 times. To me, he's going to have the same impact that LeGarrette Blunt had when he first came over. We had no we had no running back last year. Josh Adams did a good job, especially as an undrafted rookie. But if you look at his numbers for short yardage, they were terrible. He runs too high. He gets hit, and his legs don't move anymore. This gives us a big back, you know, third and inches, fourth and uh, third and goal, um, you know, third and two, where we can just, hey, listen, Howard, here's the rock. Go do your thing. And he even came out and said that he'd be okay being in a backfield committee in Chicago, which shows me that he doesn't have that big of an ego, which is something obviously that you need on it on a team. So I'm like I said, I'm all for it. I think it was a win win, uh, regardless of how the situation plays out. You're just giving Wentz and the team more options in order to in order to have a successful season. I mean the offense is stacked now. They have no excuse. Yeah. And then we had the uh the Raiders make two moves this week. Isaiah Crowell and Brandon Marshall, linebacker from um, Broncos. The Broncos. So I think those are two solid pickups for them. They're they're heading in the right direction. They got a lot of draft capital to start picking guys up. So it's going to you know, be they're, interesting. They're hoping to find uh, a pass rusher like Khalil Mack. Yeah. Um, they already had him. They and had they gave him, him and they now they're hoping him. to get him again. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't. I'm not a big but, fan of all their moves, yeah. but I've always I've always liked Corral. I think he uh, he runs hard. Yeah. Um, he had a couple huge games for the Jets last season. And it's still not sure if if Beast Mode is coming back, right? Yeah, uh, he Beast said Mode that the door is always open for him. But uh, I, I give him credit because they they couldn't just wait on him, you know. Yeah. Until he made a decision, so they went out there, they did what they had to do, and. Hopefully for them he comes back, but uh, I'm interested to see how all these pieces kind of fit together. You know, they, they say they have a plan, and we'll see if they're able to execute that plan. You're not going to break the Bills news of the uh, star running back that they signed. No, <laughs> I'm not going to. We picked up Perry from from the Dolphins. It's not huge news, but it's some it's some news. Oh man, you know I had to throw a shot in. With that. Uh, that's our episode for this week. Guys, tune in. Get in on this giveaway for these new shirts. Uh, it's got all the Sports Frenzy info on the back. So you guys can rock it out there. Free t-shirt giveaway. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the post that we'll be putting up later today on the Instagram page. Tag two friends in the post. And you will be eligible for the t-shirt giveaway. So you'll get you'll get your new shirt when Joe gets his. I'm gonna find it. All right, calm down there, Tiger. <laughs> we're we're gonna we'll be fine. I'm gonna find it. So guys, go to the the website www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com. It's got links for all our all our products, all our stuff, all our content. The YouTube channel, which you guys may be watching this on. Thank you for making custom designs. Who does our shirts? 
and they'll be helping us with this giveaway and follow joe on his page joseph a osuna he's tagged in this in the post for each episode follow his articles on tsj sports and um we'll catch you guys next week peace